So I, I was saying to you that I wonder sometimes if I'm over-invested in an ideal that other people have not caught up to yet. Right? Yeah, and I, I was asking you a question to your question. Is your question, are you invested in an idea that people haven't caught up to? Or is your question, can people catch up to this idea? And therefore, should I be investing in them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so here, here's one of the things that I that I I'm accepting of, but I don't like. Which I don't even know if those two things coexist. Is with certain aspects of, you know, like we come here with what we come here with, right? Meaning you can have these gifts and natural abilities and, and to be, and I hope people can take this the right way, but you know, even, even with, with you, I've always been amazed at your appetite for information, right? How much you can take in again, like you, you're reading books this thick, you know, in a, in a week, I'm like, where's the cliff notes on that? <laughs> like, the, did they did they make a did they make you know like a comic book version of this like how do I get it in short form so um, it is finding those it is finding those breadcrumbs and I'm saying all that to say that I think that some people look at people like you and in, and maybe in some ways people like me to say well they can do that I can't do that right doesn't mean that there aren't breadcrumbs but I think what they miss is the primary driver behind all of this is not necessarily that you're smart or intelligent. It is that you are profoundly curious. And that I believe is another critical component of doing anything different in life is you have to have some curiosity, which I think is very close akin to imagination and creativity like if you don't have any questions that you're willing to go get the answer for, I don't know how much of a shot that you have to be frankly honest with you. And sometimes people reach out to me and ask questions. I'm like, do you just reach me on a smartphone, right? That smartphone <laughs> has a browser that has Google. It has YouTube. You can always start there and say, hey, I was thinking about this. I found I found this. What do you think about it? People just ask me raw questions. I'm like, you could at least start the process. So I said all that to say that there's there's also a place for curiosity in this that over time develops this. I'm going to get this book. I'm going to take this class. I'm going to go heads down and learn what this is all about. Right. Because there's something that you get just out of the process of living out that curiosity that I think so many people miss. I don't know how people go through life and not have more questions. I'll just I don't know your thoughts on that, but it just that's the part that's maybe a bit bewildering to me. Um, you're being nice. Right. Because <laughs> it, really, it really isn't that bewildering. It's simple. People don't think because they don't want to think. Mm. Curiosity is born of thinking, you know? Okay. 
you're you're contemplating what isn't or you're contemplating what is so you can understand and most people i'm not even being i'm not trying to be a jerk when i say it this way most people never think but they think that they have original ideas oh, and they're I, just I, regurgitating what they've been programmed to, right. to believe you know and i have said that and then somebody else's quote is not mine it says the work that men shrink from most often is that of thinking that's right right that thinking itself is is work right and we could get into you know how neural nets are created and all this other wonderful stuff we won't take people down down that path right but we could we could go all quantum mechanics and quantum physics on people but it'd be nice um but it is really but understanding some of those things is really understanding the heart of creativity right which for me is really i'll just say it it is a more true demonstration of our godliness than worship is bro i you snatched those words right out of my mouth <laughs> anytime like i didn't know that we could we could go here on here but you bro, do whatever we want <laughs> creativity is true godliness right right now i know a lot of religious and theological scholars they're going to have trouble with that because we've been taught that godliness has something to do with the eradication of sin and the overcoming of sin nature when god never had a problem with sin not right. himself right? right so no it's about creativity it's about showing up to a space or a or a time where there's nothing but darkness and emptiness and speaking light and life and a future like that is godliness right so it's interesting that and and i don't want to make this so much about the, the pandemic but i i think that some people have put all this in a lens that says all this is a demonstration of the lack of godliness amongst people I'm like, you are living in an age that has more expressed godliness than any other time in history. If you just look at the advances in technology and innovation, which again, is this idea of taking something from invisible and making it visible, something that's intangible and making it tangible, which is the creative process. Man has done more in the last 50 years than he has in all of, you know, all of recorded history this is man becoming more godly without the burden of religion. Yes. And I know it's a really tough thing for people to hear. Yeah. But again, people have, and if there's some people who, yeah, this is tough to get into, but whatever. <laughs> that people, even from a doctrinal perspective, believe that the highest call of man is to worship God. And just, I don't, think that Bible really supports that. So first of all, how do you honor and and mimic God in something that God does not do, which is worship? And I'm not saying there's no place for that. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. But what we know in any concept of what someone believes about God, whatever form that shows up in, is that of a creator. Right? Yes. Taking things that were not and making them manifest. 
And we've demonstrated that. And where does it start? It starts with imagination. It starts with curiosity. It starts with creativity. And then actually putting in some, some, some work. You may have to actually put your hands to something, right? And, and until you reach the, the true Zen level, right? You just manifest everything out of thin air. You're gonna have to do something. Right. And I think that is what we see. And this current age is so full of frustration and anger and disappointment, but not to the point that it takes, you know, gets people to actually, you know, let's put pen to paper. What's the solution to the problem? Everyone can point out the problem. Everything can point, everybody can point out what they don't like. It's like, but this is how millionaires are going to be created which is attacking their problems, finding solutions, because the thing that ticks you off probably ticks somebody else off. That's your first customer. Right. You think about how many conveniences we have in our life. Oftentimes, someone was just creating a remedy for their own frustration. That's the creative process, mm -hmm. right? And if you can give people that better solution, that better mousetrap, guess what? They'll pay you for that. Right. So we, we just went all over. We just went all over the place. Uh, you, you're <laughs> all over it, brother. You're all over it, man. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you were speaking of the pandemic and how mm -hmm. this really is. This is this. It truly is a pivotal moment. Right. Um, because this isn't a provocation for community. You right. Know? and not to be negative or dark, but you know, all that we're seeing showing up by way of racism that's now being openly filmed mm -hmm. like over and over. You right. Know, uh, I think it was Will Swift, Will Smith that was just quoted as saying, racism isn't getting worse, it's getting right. filmed, right? right. Um, right. He's at least been credited with that quote. I don't know if he actually said that, but oh, okay. I see his picture in that quote together quite often now. Right. Gotcha. We'll credit him anyway. Go ahead. Right. And then, you know, with what has just happened with so many people who have been killed. And here's here's my challenge is there's a lot of ire and anger and frustration mounting. And these racial lines are being you know, dug even deeper through this season. And my question for at least our people is while you're worried about the people on the other side of the line, what's preventing us from coming together on this side of the line? Right. Where Where is our commitment to one another? Where's our commitment to community? And this is just how I feel about it. No longer am I waiting for Superman. Right. I'm not waiting for a man or the man in quotes to swoop right. down out of the sky and give us jobs and give us checks and give us land. And no, nah, I'm like, let's create our own table. Right. Let's create our own economy. We've done it before. We know we can. Right. And let's really come together and galvanize as a community and be our answers. So let's so let's just while we just now not being nice about it anymore. So one of the barriers to that, right, is seems to be 
One is we are we live in a very hyper critical society, right? That someone could come on and be providing great information, insight, and somebody's like, who did her hair? <laughs> right? Why is he driving that car? I'm like, well, did you not hear the stuff that just came out of their mouth? And so we have this obsession with things that don't matter. And so it's this, the rise of narcissism is a barrier to community, but maybe not as much as just this inherent lack of trust, person to person trust. And so, so let's take simple ideas. An investment club, right? We're gonna have an investment club. Well, most people would never engage it because they won't trust anybody. Or we could partner on this idea. It was like in, in another um, episode, you know, like we could partner and we beating the heck out of these cookies, but someone who has this great cookie recipe, they don't have a platform. But you're a caterer. I can help provide your desserts, right? It's just a simple partnership, right? It's the it's the it's the Colonel Sanders um, story. Um, it's the Dave Thomas story from from Wendy's, right? Like he learned fast food from the Colonel selling chicken. But you know what I mean. Um, so we don't understand that. And also the fact that you have a point where you come in and there may be a point where you exit, right? But I think that there is this inherent just barrier to trusting one another that keeps us from being able to really be open and transparent, first of all, right? Because I'm, I'm open and then you might start talking about who did my hair, right? I, I've seen the silliness or you and I have a connection here and is, and I got to say this, one of the great things about our connection is it has existed in spite of our personal connections outside of our own dealings, right? Like the people you get down with are the people you get down with, the people I get down with. I'm not going to devalue our relationship because of who you're connected to. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent. Cause that's, you know what I mean? You're a whole person. Do what you want. But let's so from your perspective, how how do you address this lack of trust? Wow, that that's a very complex question. I'm not even going to try and and act like I have all the answers. I, I do believe this this one thing is a part of the challenge. Um, and that is somewhere, somehow we either were taught or we learned that we have to hide our agendas. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there is no dangerous agenda except a hidden one. Oh, wow. Because everyone has one. And I, I can't remember where I read this, but so the author is unknown to this quote, but they, they say, and this is going to sound very cynical when I say it, but I found it to be true. There is no interest in the world 
outside of self-interest. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to know, Yeah, everyone wants to know what's in it for me. Yeah. Right? But it's not an unreasonable question. Absolutely. Or saying this is what I want out of it. Right? Exactly. And test whether or not that can happen. Exactly. Deal with it up front as opposed to behind the scenes. So let me just complicate it and just totally flip this thing upside down. You'll remember some time ago, I was struggling with this question, maybe of, of, of equity, maybe uh, of uh -huh. equity. And I was questioning why I had not achieved a higher level of accomplishment than I have in my life. And so it was a very tough time for me. And I think it's, it, it took me about six months of asking myself that question and just allowing bits of the information to come to me. And the conclusion that I came out with, and this is a whole different episode in and of itself, while we're talking about community, while we're talking about trust, is that if you play by the rules, you will lose. <laughs> and I remember the conversation we had about when I kind of stumbled on that revelation. And it was, I remember you and another close friend of mine, Guthrie Ramsey, I had this conversation with. And the, the response was, what took you so long to figure that out? Because that was six months of serious contemplation around what is going on here. And I had to peel the onion back for myself to see, well, what, how did I get into this frame of mind that was limiting what I could do? And it was trying to play within this circle of fairness, which I've learned now is just an illusion. Now, equity is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Fairness, eh, not so much. And also the understanding that many of these avatars, right, these icons, that there is a version of their story of success, which is not the one that they want to be on a documentary. Don't tell that part of the story. Let's tell this other story that makes it look. And then people believe that those folks are leaving them breadcrumbs. You can't follow that because that's not that's not real. So what what are your so how do you bring all of that together and maybe create some breadcrumbs that people can follow? So to that point exactly, one of the first things that just leapt out as you were sharing is sometimes what hinders us in, in that regard of fairness and equity, community and trust is code. Hmm. Some of us are being hindered by our codes, right? And so there are some stories, like you mentioned, where they don't want certain people's renditions of those stories mm -hmm. to be public or mainstream because it would cast them in a very dark and negative light because they broke certain codes, right? Yeah. So people tend to opt in on vision or opt in on community endeavors based upon certain codes. And then if you feel like the code is violated, that's when relationships get rocky. You know, 
people tend to feel like, oh, you brought us in under this code of we accrue till we die. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nothing's can break us apart. You know, I am my brother's keeper. You, you know, right. and mm-hmm. and then when that it, when that doesn't pan out because now you outgrow that relationship as it pertains to your own upward trajectory and right. the furtherance of the vision in and of itself, then people feel like, well, what's up with the code? And now they're mad at you. Right. Well, so now, man, okay, a whole nother episode, <laughs> which is actually, it's in our lineup to do an episode on how people need to take the time to identify and be really transparent about their moral and ethical compass, right? Because a lot comes out of that. And so I've had people who have done, I'll say have done harm, not really intentionally, right? This is where the word accident comes from. Wasn't intentional. But I've had other people who have from the door, from the first handshake, had always intended to figure out how they could get over or to steal from me. And I've been stolen from, you know, on some small things and, and some big things. Mm-hmm. And so people being able to identify what their moral ethical compass is. So some of my background from this, I think when I started to come to my answer, when I say, if you play by the rules, you will lose probably demands a little bit of delving into is uh, one of the things that came along is the history channel uh, had a series of shows called the men who built America. Mm-hmm. So J.P. Morgan, um, uh, Andrew Carnegie, Rockefeller. Rockefeller, you know, is one other name escapes, name escapes me. And once you understand, you understand their impact, right? But then you understand their story, right? And some of the things that they did. And so Andrew Carnegie is probably one of the most interesting figures in all of that because by and large, he's the reason we have a book called Think and Grow Rich, right? Mm -hmm. He basically commissioned that and his influence was used to bring that book about, which is considered essential must, you know, you must read this book if you plan to do anything big, right? right. So, and I think it still might be one of the, the top selling books below the Bible. Like it's way, way up there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but at the same time, when you see just the out and out terror of what he did to try to control the steel industry, you know, right up to having people, allowing people to, to to be harmed in less than optimal working environments, allowing people to be killed. Matter of fact, when all that stuff happened, he made sure he was out of the the country, but his second in command was like a straight gangster. Mm -hmm. So you get on one side, the guy who gives us, basically helps to bring about the gift of think and grow rich, and this other is like, yeah, you might have to kill a few people. You um, You know, what happened in the Johnstown flood all those years ago, he has some responsibility for that because he had his big fancy car- carriage and the road wasn't wide enough. And he insisted that they widen the road to the point of weakening the dam. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know, and there were people whose bodies were found, what, 100,000 miles or something crazy, 1,000 miles away. People floated. And then to kind of make up for him, just throwing all his dirt out there to try to, to maybe to try to, um, to try to put salve on his guilt, then he gives us Carnegie Hall in New York, right? So, dude, you have all this up and down with one person, but this is still about moral and ethical compasses. If you play, because at one point he was the richest man in the world. Right. So if you measure it just by that, well, does the end justify the means? Like you can, but I think that people just said, my point is they've never taken the time to really discover, like, how far would you go? What would you do, right? Um, who, who was, uh, is it Waddles that, um, as a man thinketh, is that who wrote that book? James um, Allen. <laughs> James Allen. Is that who wrote it? Yeah, I'm thinking if that's the book, but he kind of talks about the need to to drive shrewd bargains, but not to the point of harming anyone. So that's back to equity. But but the rules thing, playing by the rules, is to understand that some people who have achieved a of, of certain level of success have been known to create barriers, some real and some artificial. So there are no breadcrumbs so people cannot follow. So if I set a record for running a straight line, right, in the fastest time ever, you want to do the same thing. But now I've put hurdles up. And because you see the hurdle, you think, man, I got to jump this hurdle. Or, or do you just run around it? You know, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But those things right there are such an impediment for people to move ahead because they see this artificial barrier. We go back to the music industry and many others where payola is a real thing. And you can say, well, my music is so awesome and great that people just will take it and play it on the radio and put it in distribution. Or there's this DJ that's like, yeah, I'll put it on the radio, but you're gonna have to give me a couple hundred bucks. I'm not doing that. Guess what? You're not gonna get heard. That's what I mean when I say, if you play by the rules, right? Of just, I'm gonna just do my thing and I'm gonna be so sincere and, you know, just my interests are pure. And then someone's like, I'm gonna need some cash. Right. Are you going to pay up? Or if there's a situation that comes down to you versus this other person, and you know it's tight, what would you do to make sure it's you versus them? You're just gonna take the L and be like, my time will come. <laughs> so it gets really, it, but in if in business, Right. And we're trying to create new industry, new opportunity. These are some of the things that we have to think about. And this goes back to the value of community and a mastermind. You need a space and a place to play all this stuff out. Right. This is my approach. This is my strategy. Like you need to operate in transparency and then you need to leave yourself open for the feedback and the, and the rebuttal from other people who may see your plan different, a different way. So anyway, I, I talked for a long time, but. Nah, again, spot on, spot on. Um, unfortunately, it I think it depends on where we come from oftentimes that dictates, you know, our moral compass. 
how true it is, how true North that compass is and, and understanding, see some of what people believe is unethical or criminal. It, it depends on who you ask. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes I think we're, we're trying to make a difference when we're a cup being poured into a cesspool, you know, a cup of water, clean water, trying to be poured into a cesspool that, that just doesn't make sense. You know right. what I mean? So uh, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to infer that anybody compromise, you know, your overall integrity, uh, to get where you want to be. But I'll give you a classic example. You big raised music. So, you know, we did an independent project. It was being distributed in the UK, in Japan, in Africa. We had a uh, US distribution through Best Buy. But because we, this was me thinking, I'm, I'm gonna stand, you know, in my righteous indignation and I'm not paying. I'm not paying these radio stations to spin these records. Right. And the sales were were abysmal. Like had all the outlets, right, but couldn't move the product, you know. So it's in that instance, you gotta kind of really weigh it out and say, you know, in that instance, do I do what is expected in this industry, which right. is the standards in quotes, or do I fight to be right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, again, whole other conversation is most of us have this battle of being right because to be wrong is akin to annihilation, right? And according to some writings. And being right and winning are oftentimes not the same thing. You can be right, but you can lose. You can let somebody else be right and win. Right. So I so been there, done that, got the t-shirt, dude. I, I know all about that. And that's what I'm saying. I think that there were times where I short circuited my own, you know, ability to to succeed in a thing because of my moral and ethical compass was pointed at things that didn't matter, mm -hmm. right? They just didn't matter. But I think the main thing to draw out of this is if anyone believes that they are gonna take on a serious endeavor, that they are gonna pivot and shift, you will come to a moral and ethical crossroads at some point. And you need to be prepared for how you're going to deal with that. And this is where the strength of your network Right. The influence of the environment and background that you came up in information that you, you know, uh, make available to yourself will all come into play because those moments when you hit that crossroad is just another pivot. And what road is it now going to send you down when you make a certain type of decision? All right. So we'll wrap this. I've, I've held you for a long time, but I appreciate it. Um, often and from on your social media, you talk a lot about regality. 
What are you talking about, man? What uh, do you mean? It's uh, it's somewhat of my obsession. Like I believe mm -hmm. that we are of royal pedigree, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't mean that by way of an earthly divine right of king, so to speak. But I believe that we all come out from God, and therefore we are of a royal pedigree. Our nature is royal, and so because that is kind of the gauge by which I think and move and live, I live up to that standard, you know? And it really has preserved me in ways that I don't even have to think about certain things as being threatening or, you know, that they could provoke me into some misstep of some kind, you know? Right. It's just certain things that are beneath me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't mean people. I want to make sure I make that clear. I don't mean people, but there are circumstances, there are conditions I, I don't even grapple with. It's like, yeah, that's that's beneath. It's like that scene in uh, Coming to America when she's talking to Hakeem at the restaurant. She's like, you know, there's something very regal about you. Like, you know, you're above a lot of this small stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I mean by regality. Right. Yeah. So you and you you use that in the same way that I use my live free hashtag, which has been out there for a long time. So anyway, so I've kept you for more than a minute here, but I appreciate the appreciate the time and the and the insights and the in the conversation. Um, so in closing, is there anything else that you want to share or say? Just one thing. Just if you're ready to be creative, then you also have to be ready to be accountable. Hmm. Creativity is not a license uh, to do whatever we want. You know, there is a responsibility to others, to community. Um, and we have a responsibility to be creative and be held accountable for what it is we're generating because it, it should make life better for others. Hmm. How about that? Good. Well, I definitely want to have you back on um, at some point in the, in the future. There's a lot that we could get into. Again, we could do a whole show on just this whole moral and ethical compass conversation. Um, we can talk very specifically about uh, certain business opportunities and approaches to, you know, how does someone take a concept or platform and monetize it. There's just so much more we can, uh, we can really we share in and hopefully again, leave some breadcrumbs that other people give them food for thought um, or some specific um, steps that they could follow. So that said, man, enjoy the rest of your very busy day. I'm going to get back to get back to mine and uh, we'll touch base. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.